Hello, and welcome to the Many Rules of Film Club. This is Jeff Yance. I am the program director at the Loft Cinema, and I'm very excited to be joined by occasional filmmaker Heather Lares. Hi, Jeff. And multimedia artist Rusty Boulay Stevenson. Live from Studio 2B on our one year anniversary. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes, today is our one year anniversary. Happy Woo-hoo, anniversary to we us. We made it. We're live now, but you're not hearing us live. No. When we're recording this, it's our anniversary, and we get it. Yeah. And we love it. That's what counts. Yes. Uh, so happy anniversary to us, and thank you all for listening for a year. That's great. Today, I think we're going to talk about Saturday Night Live. So Saturday Night Live is a long-running American cultural institution, 42 seasons, hard to believe. Crazy. Hard to believe. Uh over 140 cast members have come and gone. Some made more of an impact than others, of course. <laughs> some, some we love, some we don't love so much. Uh, but it's always something that we all return to. And it dips and flows. Some people, you know, There are eras when it's not good, eras when it's great. Uh, I think it's in a very good moment right now. It's having a resurgence right yes. now yep. because of the political environment. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah, Alec Baldwin has made it very important yep. with his portrayal of Donald Trump and then uh, Melissa McCarthy's portrayal of Sean Spicer, Spicer. which is Spicy. my favorite. Yes. Oh, my Kills gosh. It. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, very savvy of them and also using uh, non-regular cast members to come in because they know those two are best for the job. So bring them in. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so we just want to look at a little bit at the history of SNL and kind of what the uh, cultural relevancy is at this moment beyond even the political aspect of SNL, um, the influence it's had. So are you two both currently watching SNL or do you watch clips of SNL after the fact? That's exactly how I watch it. Okay. I watch clips after the fact. We don't tend to turn on our television. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one. I, I turn it on to play games is pretty much it. Um, but I, I will, the next morning, I'm dying to see what happened on Saturday Night Live. What were the best clips? And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm very much paying attention to it, but not as it's happening on Saturday I, nights. I would say I do both, a mixture of both. Like, especially like when Dave Chappelle was on this season, uh-huh. uh, I, I tuned yeah. in for that. I didn't want to wait till the next day. Uh, so I just, I'd probably say I'd half and half. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till the next, till Sunday or Monday and watch the clips. Or if it's especially good guests, I'll tune in. Yeah, that's probably becoming increasingly common way to watch SNL is clips the next day. Yeah. Uh, because I think we've all experienced the watching of Saturday Night Live live mm-hmm. while oh. it's on. And having the dip after the weekend update, I, <laughs> this is sort of a classic, I think, SNL structure. Right. Solid up to weekend update in the middle, mm-hmm. and then it kind of trails off. Right. Yeah. And infamously, the last skit is always a complete mess. Often so. Yeah, not funny. Or like just boring, and you're like, what? How did this make the cut? Like, I know that, uh, you know, a handful of skits don't make the cut at the end. And I'm like, how did this one get in here when it was like such a downer or whatever? It got a little better when they started doing the digital shorts. Yes. Um, Like, that really helped to even the flow out of the whole episode. Mm -hmm. I felt like there were less clunkers because of that. Right. Because they were able to record something and then use it rather than have everything be live. I think that that helped with the flow of the show quite a bit. Yeah. And I've read, interestingly, uh, rating studies of SNL. And apparently viewership drops after the midway point just because of the time of night it's on. Yeah. So I think when they're writing the show, they program for that. They have to recognize that. It's a business. You you have to recognize that not as many people are going to be watching 
as you go into the show further and right. further. And 90 minutes is a lot. Yep. Every week. So we kind of mentioned that SNL is at a high point again. I think they have a really strong cast right now. Um, and I think, interestingly, we had talked a little bit off mic about uh, the role of women in SNL yeah. over the years. There have been very, very low points, I think, the entire decade of the 80s being one of those in terms of the For use of women, women on SNL. yes, absolutely. Uh, and then I think it was on the uptick with the uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph era. For sure. That, those are great. Yeah. And now I think the women rule SNL, I think. To a degree, I think. It's much better than it was, for sure. Yeah. I think having female writers has helped a lot. In the mm. 80s, I think it was all male writers, by and large. That's right. Um, and I think that that really hurt because they weren't writing for women. Men have a hard time doing that anyway, yes. I think. Yeah. It's what they call the sausage party at SNL <laughs> for many years, which it was difficult for women to break in, especially if they weren't writers. But now being a writer, I think, is the key to success on SNL. Yeah. You have to write your own material, basically. Tina Fey really yes. changed everything yes. for SNL and how mm -hmm. women were perceived. Um, she started writing better skits for women. Um, having her and Amy Poehler as the anchors for Weekend Update yes, really helped a lot, too. It solidified the women on the show. And now you're right. I mean, now they've got an amazing cast of women. Yeah. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. I think Kate McKinnon and Kinnon is probably, the, to me, yeah, the best the, cast yeah. member right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I still don't think they use Leslie Jones to her best ability. Like I, I mean, I yeah, she could. She has such talent. She can do better, and right. so I think they need to write better for her. I, I agree. She's her roles are kind of stereotypic roles a lot of times. A lot of her lines feel like they're from a minority. Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They are pigeonholing her into. They that really a lot are. Of so they still, I mean, SNL is a, has a ways to go still. They're a little behind in the times. They have one Latina uh, cast member. Right. And they kind you know, she's she's doing pretty good. Um, but again, they kind of put her in those specific comedic skits that fit that instead of just treating them yes. as women and letting them shine and kind of use their comedic skills. And Yeah. I so, mean, I think SNL's always been predominantly a white male-oriented show. Yeah. Even though there's, you know, Eddie Murphy very early on was, of course, one of the biggest the stars ever the 80s, in SNL. Yeah. But they've always had a little bit of a rocky road yeah. with um, diversity yes. on the show. For sure. Yeah. I mean, For sure. Have they even ever had an Asian person on? I, I think we'd, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think yeah. so. So, I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, I think it's great. They have quite the institution that they've made, but they still got a ways to go. Yeah. And there have been an amazing, looking at the roster of cast members on SNL, there's been a lot of great African-American performers. Chris Rock was on there, mm -hmm. Damon Wayans, yeah. of course, Eddie Murphy. Even Tim Meadows Tim was Meadows really good. Tim Meadows was yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Tim Meadows. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a big fan. <laughs> he was on there forever. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think that that's an interesting point, is to maybe look at uh, who has had the longest careers on SNL. Yeah. Generally, I think the people who last the longest are the ones who can kind of be like like Phil Hartman was called the glue. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that last the longest because they help pull all the skits together. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, they they can do all purpose voices. They can fit into any role. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's if true. they do multiple roles and multiple voices and multiple impersonations, like you you had pointed out Jeff, um if you can impersonate the president then oh. you could have a four or eight you're year set at career. Least four years. Yes. Um, yeah. as long as you're the best at yeah. doing it. And so because of that, Daryl Hammond is yep. the longest running cast member. 
1995 to 2009. Wow. Yes. cast member. Wow. <laughs> Bill Clinton. Did a great Bill Clinton. Yeah. 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 But you don't think of him as like the same way that you think of Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Eddie Murphy. True. John the, Belushi. Like, John Belushi. The superstars. He's the not superstars. a superstar. Right. Not no. at all. Not yeah. at all. And his the few films he's been in aren't considered that good. As a, that was yeah, that's correct. As opposed yeah. to <laughs> some as of the opposed others to those other guys who right. had huge careers. Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Daryl Hammond's the longest runner. Who is the second? Is it Seth Meyers? Seth Meyers, and he's the longest running anchor from 2001 to 2014. Mm-hmm. He was on the show, and he did a total of 154 episodes as the anchor of Weekend Update. I loved him as Weekend Update. I yeah. do think they often do better when they're the two-person team. Like, now they have Michael Che and Taryn. Isn't Taryn oh. the, uh, the other co-host, I think? Anyways, they do all... Colin Jost. Colin Jost, yes. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, Colin, sorry. Um, they tend to do better when they're in teams, but I really enjoyed uh, Seth Meyers as a... He's well, funny. and yeah. he's turned it into his whole gig now. Yeah, almost. Now he's t- doing that on his own. Yeah, you in can his tell show. his late, the late, late show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also like the dynamic when they had a man and a woman doing it. Yes. He was great with Amy mm-hmm. Poehler. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He was great with Amy Poehler. Yeah. I thought that was a really good duo. Yeah. Um, maybe not my favorite duo. I think that's Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yes, that's probably right. True. Yeah, but but yeah, I I thought that the two of them worked really well together. Seth Meyers was a really great host for it, and and I think that that speaks to the cultural relevancy of Saturday Night Live as well. Mm-hmm. In that Weekend Update, I mean, for a long time for me, that's almost what I would tune in for. Right, was that opening skit, the yep. cold open, and then I, I'd like to see the 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 monologue, and then I loved Weekend Update. I yeah. lived for Weekend Update. I. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. I loved I loved Dennis yeah. Miller as the weekend update yeah. host when I was a kid. I thought he was great. Yeah. He's now awful. I mean I often wonder. He's a very different person yeah. back then, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Very I'm different like, person. Why? Why yeah. stop talking? Just yeah. what happened to weekend update Dennis Miller? Yeah. And there are certain performers who did not fit well in that format. Norm MacDonald was a little bit of a misfire, <laughs> I think. Norm MacDonald was like a misfire, but yeah. it was painfully amusing to watch him do weekend yeah. update. I yeah. mean I'm glad they didn't have him on any longer, but I love Norm Macdonald and his very dry snarky probably drunk at the time. Yeah. State. If not drunk high. Right. Just, Colin Quinn was maybe a little odd. Colin Quinn was funny. A little I shouty like, for my taste. But yeah. yeah. He does yeah. get shouty. He was an interesting cast member in that he came later. Yes. In yep. his career uh, to Saturday Night Live. A lot of times Saturday Night Live maybe isn't the jumping off point. Second City is where people will go, and if they're really successful in Second City, they end up at SNL a lot of times. Right. Yeah, um, he's a great storyteller, uh, Colin. Yeah. But yeah, so, so I don't think that Saturday Night Live was his best place to show off his skills. Right, it got the shouty thing going on, but <laughs> he's a great yeah. like his one-hour stand-ups of him st- telling stories are great. Well, this is interesting. Uh, we were talking a little bit before about how SNL has had a lot of people who went on to do bigger and better things after SNL, who maybe did not make much of an impact on the show. Uh, so it's interesting what kind of performers actually work in that format and which ones don't. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a whole list, like Julie Louise Dreyfus is to me one of the biggest examples of this. She was on for three years in the early 80s. Very few people I think remember she was on the show. She didn't really have any recurring characters that really stood out. 
No. I have no memory of her. I have no memory of her on the show, really. I I know she was, and I remember a little bit of her being on it. But and you don't you don't say former SNL cast member. Right. It's not part of her CV at all. No. 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 You think of her as Seinfeld first. Yeah. And And then Veep, and and now Veep. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's how you would introduce her. You wouldn't say if you were introducing her to your, you know, she's coming to speak at your college. (laughs) Former SNL cast member is going to be low on the list. And she's been very. openly uh, talking about over the years about how hard it was for her on SNL Mm -hmm. as a woman in that male-dominated writing department at SNL. She never got parts because she couldn't get them to write for her. I buy it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that was a common complaint. Fill your writing room with men. (laughs) You're not going to get a lot of writing for women. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. was only on for a year. You don't think of him. Um, No. No. You see, like, where some of his big personality could have done well on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live, but I vaguely remember maybe one episode with him on. And mm-hmm. you think now you see him like, you know, as Tony Stark and all of the uh, Sherlock Holmes, you see, oh, he's a really great right. and he can do comedy well. But obviously that was not what his deal was back then. No, yeah. I think they just saw that he had a lot of talent. It's easy to see he's a very talented person. Yes. Um, but and, and it, what happens with a lot of talented people on SNL too is they're they're uh, hard to rein in. Um, I don't know that that mm-hmm. was the case with him. Yeah. But a lot of times for SNL cast members, when they're super talented too, they're hard to rein in, and especially in that live format, you want somebody who's going to be kind of consistent. Oh yeah, and especially if you're an actor, he was already a known actor. Yeah. He had been in movies up to that point, and Joan yeah. Cusack was on. I think the same year he was on, and mm-hmm. she had already starred in a lot of films. So I think when you have established actors trying to be mixed in with improv, like young up and coming improv comedians, right. it's a tough oh, mix. Oh yeah, it's could overshadow each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of animosity, even though it's not intentional. It just happens. Right. You know. Well, you know who worked out really well, um, who came on later, is uh, Michael McKean. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He he was a good cast member. He'd been in television Everything, forever. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this is Spinal Tap. Obviously, mm-hmm. he had been in. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> For many years. Um, and that's that's how I kind of knew him when he came on. Yeah. Um, yeah. He worked out, though. He was an interesting one who came on later in his career and, and really worked out as a cast member and then has since gone on. Now you see him in bigger and better things. I have been watching Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's great. And there's one year in particular, I think it was maybe 85 or 86, where they had one season performers like Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. yeah, Harry Shearer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Harry Shearer's so good. Yeah, Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were all on for one season. Yeah. And they were all – oh, and Martin Short was on Martin that. Short, yeah. that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you think of them as being really integral to SNL history because you see that right. you look marvelous skit over yeah. and over. But they were only on for one season. season yeah. I think they were maybe too big and established to right. fit into that format. Well, in their career, Billy Crystal's career just took off. Oh, he know? was, yeah, after that, gigantic. Yeah. And Christopher Guest, uh, I just wanted to mention, one of my favorite alumni from SNL, even though I don't think he made much of an impact on the show. The the synchronized swimming skit. The synchronized swimming skit with, with him Martin Short, and Martin Short and is Shearer. one of my favorites. It's great. Yes, and he directed that. Yeah. So he was directing the mockumentary shorts for SNL long before he started his own mockumentaries um, as feature films. Um, and then, of course, he went on to do amazing film, Best in Show. Waiting for Waiting Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. Maybe my favorite. Yeah. 
and maybe invented the mockumentary genre right. that we're all living in still and influenced Office and Modern Family. Yeah. I think he's brilliant, but I think one reason he didn't click on that show is because he's so droll and dry yeah. and underplay. And I think on SNL, you have to be very large. Yeah. You've got big. like two minutes, three minutes yeah. to, to kind of connect with the audience, make them laugh. Yeah. Make each other laugh. And... Which lends itself to a little hamminess sometimes. Yes. But sure. you have you have to do that on right. TV, I think. Mm-hmm. Which explains, like, John Belushi's success. Right, exactly. Eddie Murphy's hamburger, success. Hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, Which cheeseburger. Which now is so not right, but I no. love that skin. <laughs> so. But it made me laugh as a kid, and I didn't get it. Like, you know, I didn't get the cultural mm. implications. Right. <laughs> and nobody cared back nobody then. Nobody cared. Yeah, but, back then, it was... But I, I still cared. love that. I mean, speaking of Jim Belushi, I mean, they... A lot of the other things that I think has a huge effect on Saturday Live is the musicians that come on and mm. that are showcased and the, the musical aspect. The, blo- the Blues Brothers originated from that B skit that John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd did, and it kind of blew up from there. And right. so, and their musical guests have been some groundbreaking like moments over time, if you think about it. Oh, so yeah. So I think For the sure. comedy and the music together has definitely had an impact. I mean, now it's still big. Like, Performers consider it huge to be able to perform on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, people still talk about the Sinead O'Connor yep. incident. Sure. Which was a huge cultural moment yeah. at the time, tearing up the picture of the Pope on air. Yeah, and... I think in Rage Against the Machine wasn't invited back because they had the flag upside down, um, uh-huh. the distress right. flag and stuff right. like that. So they picked their moments. I mean, even the lip syncing issue with, I can't remember the prop <gasps> girl, Ashley Simpson. But, yeah, her. Oh, right. yes. So, I mean, yes. I think the music... The musical influences. And now just, you know, Justin Timberlake being on Saturday Night Live, he always does musical numbers and they're always hilarious. And they have the dick in the box. Right. <laughs> the small movie right. features have been part of Saturday Night Live's success in the 2000s mm. for sure. Yeah. Like Andy Samberg, which we didn't talk about, but really the 2000s success, honestly, I think so, yeah. a lot to do with mm-hmm. Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, um, and the host of The Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon singing, with, yeah, with yeah. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Yes. When he does the Barry Gibb, they got yeah. paired together as <laughs> in the Barry Gibb. Those are hilarious skits. Yeah. Oh, That's yes. when they hit it off and realized they could be friends. And then they started moving on to doing the, the digital shorts and everything that really were a cultural shift yeah. for Saturday Night Live. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think it was yeah. huge. And those are perfectly made for YouTube. Yes. Perfectly so think, made yes, for YouTube. Yeah. Were, yeah. So that yeah, was really understanding where we were going yeah. culturally. That was smart of them. I mean, I will say as much as they're not on top of it necessarily gender wise (laughs) and ethnicity wise, they're on top of it like in media delivery and like how you're going to keep your audience going. I mean, people look forward to talk about what was your favorite skit still on Monday morning. You know, people still sometimes, especially now with the political things that are going on. Yeah. I mean, how many other 42 year old institutions are still culturally relevant? Not many. Not many. Yeah. And have successful actors coming back over and over again. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin yeah. now, and right. mm-hmm. you know who are just repeat, and they still do well. I mean, some of my I will admit, the sweaty balls. Alec Baldwin is still oh. makes me laugh to this day. Classic. And that was it was Molly Shannon, Molly Shannon, and, and Anna Gostner. Yes. Yeah. The, they, were, they were good. The, the ladies on the radio. The, the delicious the dish. Oh, my God. Women. The delicious <laughs> yes, dish was so NPR. good. And yeah. it's so funny because you've heard that delicious dish on oh, NPR before. Oh, they yeah. just took it over the top. And I've fallen asleep listening to it yes. before. But... And I still enjoy it because I want to know what to cook next. Oh, yeah, but of course. Yeah. they made it so funny in a non-insulting way. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really good, yeah. So who are some of our 
our faves? Who are some of our favorite performers? Because there's been so many. And I think, keep in mind, who your favorite performer is definitely says something about you psychologically. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so well, go. Go. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, Eddie Murphy is enormous in my mind as a Saturday yeah. Night Live figure. Yes. For sure. Um, they were, before they brought him on, Saturday Night Live was having a hard time. And it turned into something you had to turn tune into every single week to see what he was going to do next. Right. He, he was the show. He was point, the show. Think, they almost yeah. built it around him. Yep. They really did. And mm-hmm. you can see that with the Who Shot Buckwheat, yeah. um, <laughs> where they would interrupt yep. multiple times with right. it. And so Eddie Murphy is, A, one of the most successful. He's... His films have made the most money, mm-hmm. um, but his skits were also incredible. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood yeah, I love that one. is oh. really great stuff. James Brown Hot Tub. James Brown Hot, Hot Tub, Tub is regularly <laughs> cited as people's favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's way up there for me. And, and I like one that's a little bit obscure called Jazz Riffs, mm-hmm. where he's playing a jazz musician who won't show his face on this talk show because he's been reduced... To the, the host says, I hear you, you've you resorted to prostitution. And he says, I have resorted to re- prostitution. I, I, I play weddings. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes on to talk about playing bar mitzvahs. And what songs do you hate? Oh, whoever wrote that song, tie a ribbon around the yellow oak tree. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I hate that one. And Proud Mary. Yeah. <laughs> But that that skit just kills me. If you, I really recommend finding that on YouTube. It's it's not one that people tend to know, but man oh man is Eddie Murphy just on his game there in a big way. I mean, it's really yep. great stuff and I think he's improvising in part of it and he sees he's got the crowd just losing it. And so he just keeps taking it higher and further. Yeah. And he, he talking about his drummer Bobby and they're, they're like, oh, sometimes I like to play and have the old folks just start to boogie down. Then they'll start falling over, having heart mm-hmm. attacks. And the host is like, oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's not sad. My drummer Bobby knows that cardiopulmonary resuscitation <laughs> where you beat on a man's chest. <laughs> we get big tips yeah. from that. Nice. Um, so that's really great. Where he impersonates, he puts on white face and he goes out as Mr. White. To see what it's like being a white person in New York. Yes. yes. Which, yes. you know, is pretty groundbreaking, I'm sure, at the time. Oh, yeah. 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 And he took that persona into the movies very successfully, which a lot of SNL alumni don't, don't. do. Yes. But he but he found the right vehicles for himself. Yeah. And that's been very hit or miss for yes. SNL yeah. cast as they leave the show and try to move on sure. to Hollywood. Yeah. There have been a handful of ones that have done really well. He's done amazing. Yes. I mean... Um, He's done amazing. Bill obviously, Murray. Bill Murray. But, yeah. Kristen Mike Wick, Myers did well. Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell had a really... He might be the most... The cast member that's kind of done the best. He had some of the best skits. More cowbell. More cowbell. Uh, the yep. cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And then he's been in so many really mm-hmm. good movies. Um, the Lego movie. Right. Um, Elf plays, is one of my favorite holiday movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> Elf. The little movie Stranger Than Fiction is really mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, exemplifies what makes you good on SNL is that you don't have any fear of looking yes. foolish. Yeah. You got to just be. He would exploit his yeah. giant belly. Yeah, and, use your body yeah. and, your, yeah. and not be, be afraid to be embarrassed. Yeah. Which is why I think Chris Farley is one of my faves. Amazing. Uh, he would do literally anything. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. yeah. Every time someone even says Chris Farley, 
I hear in my head. My name is Matt Foley. <laughs> I live in a van and down by, by down the river. river. I'm a motivation speaker. <laughs> and his yeah. clothes barely fit, and he's got his arms. Never tiny little arms. I mean, arms. if any role was made for anyone, yes. Matt Foley was made in a big glasses. And uh, I mean, it's a shame that we didn't get to see what else he could do, but him and the Patrick Swayze. The Chippendales Chip audition scene, skit is one of my favorites. I really, it is. People often put that in the top 10 skits of. Yeah. Yeah, it's at least in the top twenty, at least. Patrick Swayze really sells yeah. that. Yeah. He's like, really, man, oh, yeah. you're so good. You're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> he's just giving it all he's got, and I was like, this is awesome. Flailing and flopping. It's and, like pride uh, and humor all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, cra- so yeah. his skits were amazing. Obviously, Tommy Boy. Yeah, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep were not Tommy so Black- bad. They were. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me laugh. I mean, him and. David Spade had chemistry together. They really did. That, it was a good pairing. Yeah. Spade on his own. Not can't so take. much. Yeah. The two of them together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. like the Dan Aykroyd of, you know what I mean? Like Dan Aykroyd and, and John, John Belushi, Belushi. Yeah, yeah. versus Chris Farley and David Spade. Oh, that's yeah. a really good point. To me, anyways. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's a good backup, yeah. second guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where his films, where he's really good in Gross yeah. Point Blank, he plays yeah. oh, the opposing assassin. assassin. Yeah, that's really that good. Was, he was good in that. Yeah. He's really good in that. Um, and John Belushi's a great example of someone who I think would have gone on to Do so a real dramatic good. career, like yeah. beyond comedy, but never really had the opportunity. Yeah. He was even moving in that direction he a little was, bit. He was, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He's got a, a romantic movie. Yeah, Continental Divide. Yeah, Continental yeah, yeah, Divide, exactly. Yeah. And he was pretty good in it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I, th- there were things he was moving towards a uh, more serious. So we had his career gone on longer. You could see him winning Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ditto. I, I think the best actor that was ever on was um, Phil Hartman. I think he was the yeah. the best, yeah. just pure actor. True, yeah. Um, could do discipline. Anything. He had the great discipline to. Yes. Yeah, and he had that voice that he could change up enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he could play, you know, a stereotypic voice announcer, but yeah. then he, he also just could do so many great voices. Unfrozen caveman lawyer Yo, is one of my favorite case. SNL characters. <laughs> yeah. Due to him because he nailed that part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, even uh he was Frankenstein. Oh, as yeah, Frankenstein, yeah. Tarzan, yeah. uh no. Tonto. Tonto, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna forget. Now. Right, and he yeah. didn't even have lines, but he was still really good at just the way he delivered his. <laughs> <words>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's someone I always felt comfortable when I saw him on screen because I knew that he would nail whatever he was doing. Yeah, and I never worried that he wasn't going to do it. No. Sometimes performers, you wonder. I don't think they're going to pull this off, so yeah. you get nervous for them. I get that. Yeah, I never felt nervous for him. No, no, no. and his role in uh, talk radio is well, that right? News radio, news radio, news radio. I news, love radio. news radio, all because of him. Yeah. And PB's Playhouse, he was on there, and no, uh, that's that was the saddest thing was losing him. I really thought someday he would win an Academy Award of some yes. sort. Yep. I thought an acting Academy Award was in his future, just because we all loved him on The Simpsons. I mean, oh, he yeah, was all over The Simpsons. He's name? what yeah. made those early Simpsons episodes so great in yep. so many ways mm-hmm. was that he was able to do so much. Well, that's another legacy of SNL: great performers whose careers and lives were cut short. Um, one of my favorites was Gilda Radner yeah. from the original cast. Um, I think arguably she at the time was as big as Belushi and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd or any of the men on that show. Yeah, she held her own. Yeah, and every woman you hear on the show since then has said she was my inspiration. Mm-hmm. And Rosanna, Rosanna Dana, Emily Latella, Colleen, the girl who had some sort of issue. We don't know what it yeah. was, but, <laughs> but it was hilarious, whatever it was. Uh 
And she was also fearless, and she would do anything, and she was not afraid to look completely ridiculous. Uh, and then, of course, you know, she passed away from cancer in the 80s yeah. before, and she never really had a good shot at a movie career. No. I feel like Hollywood didn't know what to do with someone like her who was so zany and yeah. so off the wall, but and, still a woman. Yeah, and I mean, from the small stories I've heard about backstage, I mean, she also like wrote a lot and had a lot to do with the skits. So yeah. to, you know, someone with that big of a personality, but also wanted some control and some creative control. I don't know if Hollywood knew what to do. Exactly right. <laughs> In the 70s. Had, yeah. Yes. You know. But I love the fact that she married Gene Wilder because that's a couple I would want to hang out with. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz. Time. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then obviously Chris Farley's life was cut short. Mm-hmm. Bill Hartman's life was cut short. John, John Belushi. Belushi. Yep. It's, it's interesting. I, we've, we've talked about it just a little bit already is – that, you know, those big talents and being able to do stuff spontaneously like that and being in front of people live, that will drive you to oh. to act extreme. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It just does. Well, and like the thrill of that, the thrill of success of making people laugh and you wanting more and more of that high, because that just gives you a natural high. Being able to make people laugh, honestly, is one of my favorite things in the world <laughs> is to be able to make my yeah. friends laugh. Yeah. So sure. to do that as a job, but then like that becomes not enough. So right. you get you want to do other things to get that feeling. You know? And in the early years, that feeling was cocaine. Right. Yeah. Well, like everybody was doing cocaine, except apparently Gilda Radner did not, and maybe Jane Curtin. Mm. But everyone else was. I mean, Jane seems smart enough to not. She's I yeah. love Jane. She's still great. <laughs> but John Belushi. I mean, obviously, oh, when you watch the Blues Brothers movie, oh, yeah. right. that's a cocaine-addled film. Yes. So right. I just watched it for the first time all the way through yeah. for this podcast, and wow. Some of the stuff in that is just so crazy. What an insane movie. And one of the most successful SNL spinoffs. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that, about the transition into movies for SNL. That was one that worked, right? I think and it worked because they had the musical aspect. They had great, like you know, uh, backup band. They had great Ray Charles or the Aretha, Frackman, Aretha Franklin. Yep. Um, Cab Calloway. The, oh. the skits were great. The musical numbers were great. I mean, and of course the inner <laughs> interloping scenes, uh, the car mm-hmm. chase, the the Nazis, all that was hilarious and over the top. But it was okay, I think, because. The musical numbers in between mm-hmm. kind of made it all flow. Yeah, and we had never seen you a know. comedy that huge on that epic of a scale. That car pileup in the Blues yeah. Brothers is unbelievable, and mm-hmm. it just goes on and on and on. It was hilarious because yeah. it just kept going. And it's funny. So I yes. think like they had a good formula, but when you take a skit, I mean, it, it really. And the fact was is that the skit wasn't that huge for SNL. I mean, mm-hmm. it was big, right. but it didn't. It wasn't one of those ones that had been launched for years and years and years. Right. And so they just kind of went with it, did what was good, and, you know, had a great movie from it. But I think some of the other ones didn't do so well in that <laughs> they didn't come up with yes. a good enough floor, formula to have that character go, you know, Night at the Roxbury. It's a great skit, oh. but can you really, really base a movie on Night at the Roxbury? No, you no. should not be doing this. Well, there's a theory about which movies don't work because when you base a feature-length film, 90 Minutes, on a grotesque character, mm-hmm. people can take a grotesque character for five minutes. Right. Like Mary sure. Catherine Gallagher was a little right. gross with the smelling in the armpits. Right. Or my favorite example is Pat, yes. the androgynous Pat, right. the Julia Sweeney character. Uh-huh. Kind of funny in a five-minute skit, right. but for 90 minutes, it's almost too uncomfortable. It makes you too uncomfortable yeah. watching her. And it's asking too much for your audience if they don't really – there's not a balance there to just watch that character for 90 right. minutes. Right. Well, and so that's why Wayne's World worked 
Right. Right. Is because it wasn't a gross character. Those were normal. And they had such kids. like cool guests. Like they're not guest stars, yeah. but you know what I mean. A yeah. mixture of other right. actors in there to balance out the Wayne's world. You didn't just yes. get Wayne's world for ninety minutes. You had And they were recognizable you know. human beings. Like you knew those two guys. Yeah. yeah. Like you knew them. And they were great. Dana right. Carvey and Mike Myers were great at playing them. Mm-hmm. Um but they weren't caricatures. They seemed like real yeah. people. Uh-huh. They did seem like they, they were thought out characters. You could yeah. probably flip an access Tucson or Access Channel and find them somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There. Yeah. Well so and those are the most successful monetarily too, are the Wayne's World films and the John Belushi, the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then there are, like we mentioned, um, Superstar wasn't a financial success. It's from 1999 mm-hmm. with Molly Shannon playing Mary Catherine Gallagher. That film is is okay. It's all right. Yeah. It's it's not terrible. It hasn't aged terribly well. Mm-hmm. I love her character. It's just the character's that great. Have been a 90 minute movie. That's right. No, that's right. Um, Night at the Roxbury is terrible. The Coneheads was a real weird one. Yeah, years almost over a decade later, decade and a half after the skit had stopped running on SNL. Yeah. The movie came out. I think it's because of the success of Wayne's World. Probably. Lawrence Michael said, let's mm-hmm. bring these characters ching, back. Ching, ching, let's ching. <laughs> and that's when you get into trouble, when it's about money and not about trying to develop an actual funny movie. That's yeah. right. But the Coneheads were a great they skit. Were great skit. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. I think Jane Curtin is one of the best. She's yeah. great. I yeah. love her overall. She's, really amazing. Yeah. She plays the straight. She was the straight man. Yeah, the woman straight man yeah. so well. Yep. Anyway, her deadpan is amazing. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's interesting just maybe we should talk about what Saturday Night Live cast member mm-hmm. has had great roles. The one that springs immediately to my mind, and again, it's he wasn't on for long, is Robert Downey Jr. as Charlie Chaplin in the film Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. His role, the, the movie's flawed. It's a biopic, and so it falls into the same problems that biopics run into mm-hmm. in trying to retell these stories and make it feel realistic. They... They've got a trope where it's through a series of flashbacks that he's talking about his career. Charlie Chaplin's talking about his career to his to a biographer, um, it, played by Anthony Hopkins. It's it's not a it's not a great trope, really. It falls short, but but Robert Downey Jr. as Chaplin, I never doubt for a second. Um, mm-hmm. He just is Chaplin. He is so good at it, at playing the drunk guy first, and then the the tramp, obviously. Um, it's really, really, it's a, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, and, and especially from an SNL cast member. Also, Dan Aykroyd's in that. He's a director. Yes, he he's an yes. early director. Mm-hmm. And that's another one of his really good small roles yep. uh, that he's really good in. So that's that's one that I love. Yeah, and that's a good example of funny people being good at playing other people because they're observational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're always watching human yeah. behavior. If you're really funny, I think you're a real observer of people. Well, and you're going to look at Charlie Chaplin for what was funny and what's always yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for but physical also, humor. Yeah, but darkness, noticing the darkness underneath, yeah. and yeah. That's, that was kind of key, I think. Oh, I think so. I yeah. think so. Robert Downey really hit it out of the park with that role, and he was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, uh, for it. I think that was no, that was after his time on the show. It was after right? us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Bill Murray, whom we've already celebrated here right. at the Many Rules of Film Club, but he's certainly. Had a lot of great dramatic roles um, yeah, as roles. of late in the last decade or so. Sure. Like we said, Lost in Translation, he Lost was nominated for an Academy Rushmore Award. Rushmore was great, of course. Um, a more recent cast member who was only on for a year who's had a pretty good career in movies, I think, is uh, Jenny Slate. Yes. Oh. 
Uh, she, oh, she's great. She was on for one she's season. She's amazing, and I wish yeah. that she was on for more. But yeah, and she did Obvious Child, a yeah. movie about three years ago, which was amazing—a really great performance, and kind of a tricky movie. It was a comedy uh, about abortion. Mm-hmm. Handled she, really well. Handled really, really well. Realistically, in a yeah. way that Hollywood and TV does not do. Right. She's amazing. I look forward to her, all of her new roles. That she's pretty mm-hmm. been pretty 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 busy. Yeah, so I think her follow-up is coming out. I saw it at Sundance yeah. earlier this year. Um, I think it's coming out later this year. Um, but she's definitely one to watch. I think she's going to have a really great career. She was Marcel the Shell's voice. Marcel the Shell, yes. If you've ever watched the YouTube sensation Marcel the Shell, which everyone should, it will bring happiness and joy to your life <laughs> that you need. Marcel the Shell, there are, I think, at least two videos. She, I, I think she's done with it. Like They're not going to revisit, but it's hilarious. It will bring... Yep. So I watch it over and over again. Just watch it. Marcel the show yeah. on YouTube. It's a feel good. Yes. Clip, and then Kristen Wiig, of course. I think. Yeah. She's interesting because she is very much moving into the dramatic realm and indie films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would love ship hate ship. Mm-hmm. And was, welcome to me was welcome really to me was really good. I also watched for this uh, podcast. I watched a film called Nasty Baby. Oh, yes. Have you seen that one? It's not a great film. Mm. She's good in it, though. Mm -hmm. It's really a bizarre film. She's trying to get pregnant uh, through artificial insemination of one of two gay men. Right. Um, And and she like works at an insemination clinic. And so she can just do it on her own just anywhere. And so (laughs) it's it it sets up some bizarre premise. And then it's it's based around um, a murder happens. Right. Right. And a shocking murder. A shocking murder expect- yeah. that you're not expecting at yeah. all. Um, I wasn't when it happened. I was so shocked by it that it, it really set me off a little bit. I mean, I was I was a little off kilter for, for part of a day there oh, after yeah. watching it. But she nails it. And Welcome to Me, just wanted to mention, that is a great example of a movie that felt like it could have included a Kristen Wiig character in it mm-hmm. on SNL. Mm-hmm. Because she's playing a delusional woman with various mental issues who wins the lottery and decides what she wants to do with the money is start her own talk show devoted to herself. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to me and call it welcome to me based on Oprah. Yeah. Based on Oprah. Have you seen it, Heather? I have not. Yeah. And I that seems like you, you, you could see that as an SNL character, but then she sort of, it, it wasn't an makes SNL character. Yeah. But then she makes it very poignant and kind of odd and, well, that's why she's so great. I, I yeah. really think if anybody's going to break through and win an Oscar that's a former cast member right now, that's who I look at mm-hmm. as an interesting thing. She went to the U of A, University of Arizona. She yeah. didn't graduate, though, did no, she? No, she did not graduate. Um, she she was taking um, art classes. She was an art major. And because uh, she had to take an acting class as part of the curriculum, and her acting teacher was like, you should do more of this. Yeah. And so she did. She moved to L.A., left Tucson. Smart, very smart. <laughs> you don't need that degree when you're that talented. When you're that talented. She's incredibly right. talented. Yeah. And she has been nominated for an Academy Award for writing. Yes. Uh, she co-wrote the script Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. um, which is a really great and funny movie. I, yeah. You've probably seen it if you're listening to this. But if not, it's one to go out and see. Melissa McCarthy was also nominated for an Academy Award for that. Right. Um, for supporting actress, and she's really hilarious in it as she is in most things. Yeah, and I really enjoyed. My son loves the new Ghostbusters. Loved it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Wiig yeah. wasn't. She was not her best in Ghostbusters, but I loved the whole uh, the movie as a whole. I agree. It wasn't her best character. She's not. a really good character actor. Mm-hmm. 
They could have yep. done more with her. I think they they weighed heavily on Kate McKinnon, Kenan. who I mean I'm in love with. So hey, there you yes. go. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy, and they kind of let Leslie Jones and Kristen Wiig like fade in the background yes. a little bit. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. Oh, I really did. And Kevin is really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah. The character of Kevin. Yeah. That's yes. that's who my son loves. Yeah. yeah. Poor Kevin. Mm-hmm. Poor Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a great example of the importance of being a writer and an actor. And I think right. that really helped that's her true. both on the show, and that's going to help her in her career yeah. outside yeah. the show. I think you've got to be a multitasker. Yeah. And she's one that works well off people. The Honestly, the funny parts of Bridesmaids are the outtakes with her and John Hamm. Her and John Hamm are so good together. And I mean, I wish they would mm-hmm. do more together. Yeah. And then her with Will Will Ferrell, is it the is that when she did the the one on Saturday Night Live where she's at the piano? Yeah. Uh, she and Bill Hader. Yes, um, that's the other one I was talking about. Are yeah. are really great yeah. together. Skeleton right. twins, if you yeah. saw that film they made I have together. Yet. That was really, really good. Uh yeah. That's kind of a serious film, right? It's very serious. It's about depression and a lot of other issues but it's funny it's kind of darkly funny yeah um and they are play brother and sister in the film yeah it's it's great they're in Adventureland together too they play husband and wife i hadn't watched Adventureland before that's a fine little film Mm -hmm. yep i had Mm no it was fun it was fun after i watched it i had to go home i i i watched it while i was at work um (laughs) Um, but multitasking. I was multitasking. Yeah. I was. It's a really great way to multitask for me. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. less inclined to do other things if uh-huh. I have a movie playing in the background. So I had Adventureland playing. I I came home that night. I'm like Michelle, my wife. You've got to watch this. It's, it's Adventureland. It's yeah. a really great ensemble cast. It's really fun. And she and Bill Hader play really well together. Mm-hmm. They do as the married couple. And that's a key to a good SNL performer. I think is if you can play well with someone else, else and you're not a camera hug. Yeah. And you don't yeah, you know how to do that. Like And you can make someone else funny. Else. Yeah. Which that's a key to being a comedian, making someone else funny. Mm-hmm. That's very giving. Right. I mm-hmm. think as a performer. Um, yeah, and I think if you're not one of the comedians like who it more leans to stand up comedy like Chris Rock, Colin Quinn, Eddie Murphy, but anywhere he does have that, he can work off people. But like I'm thinking more of like Chris Rock and Colin Quinn. They're more storytellers and do really right. well on their own. They right. don't need to work off anybody. But I think, so they're not going to necessarily lend themselves to a long, illustrious movie career. But the other kind, like Kristen Wiig, right. you know, Bill Murray, Eddie Murphy are going to because that's kind of their bread and butter. Yeah. And just one of my favorite kind of maybe now more obscure SNL performers that I love was Jan Hooks. Sure. And she, Sweeney Sisters, was one yes. of my favorite. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, Nora Dunn and yeah. uh, Jan Hooks doing these these two women who were lounge singers basically yes. and just riffing on each other and singing biggest hair and like biggest hair fake cigarettes. smiles polyester dresses yeah. and like playing the worst rooms yeah. in the United States yeah. uh, and it was great because they worked off of each other and they yeah. weren't trying to compete with each other and I think yeah that, they shine yeah. together yeah yeah. Now Nora Dunn does bleach commercials, but <laughs> I wish someone would use her. She's so good. Come on, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, right. She would be a good supporting actress for something. Another great performance was uh, Chris Rock in Top Five. Yep. It's a really great film. He acts as a comedian um, who's now moved on to trying to do more serious roles, and he's being interviewed. Yep. Um, throughout the movie, and it's really a, a fascinating little film. I I thought it was a great performance by him. He's nice. one of my favorites for sure, overall cast member, and then yes. post career, post 
SNL career has been it's just pretty so darn quick. good. Like he's such a quick comedian. Right. Like he can riff on anything. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a great storyteller. Really yeah. charismatic too. He's got a yeah. charismatic nature that's kind of off the charts, like Eddie Murphy was or is. But in a different yeah. way. But in a different like way. Less, well, I mean, Eddie Murphy was a sex symbol too, as well. Chris Rock, not so much. So. Shall we ever forget the red leather Eddie Murphy oh bodysuit? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, in raw. I, that raw. Didn't he was do raw. It for me or anything, because I was a kid. But as he got older, he was in like the peak '90s black films that I watched and my friends watched in high school. And so he was a sex symbol in those kind of movies. Right. Boomerang, yeah. like, like that kind of thing. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop, he's yeah. a sex right. symbol for sure. So, I mean, he's yeah. had such a well-rounded career. Well, and his voice work too, right? His work as Donkey, Donkey on yeah. Shrek is yeah. really good. And, he's um, the reason I like any of those movies. Many parents hate him. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, my sister hated him because we got my nephew yeah. a donkey and, you know, and it's uh, had his voice, yeah. you know. Well, and he's a good example also of a performer who maybe personally uh, has done things you may not agree with. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, some of his humor was a little homophobic. Absolutely. And yes, for sure. Like, and that was a problem for a lot of people, yeah. and understandably so. Watching yeah. Raw now is... It's a, it's uncomfortable. It's it doesn't uncomfortable. Play, it, it plays really difficult is. today, yeah. for yeah. sure. That is for sure. Yeah. But then he started doing the kids' movies, like right. The Clumps and... The Nutty the Professor, clumps. yeah, clumps, that was a bad road to go down, I think. But Doctor Doolittle, lucrative for him, yeah. which I yeah. guess is good. I but. mean, I admit the Doctor Doolittle, the that I watched half of it, it was amusing. But, I mean, I love the animals talking, mm. so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking I'm, animals. I'm, I love cute yeah. animals in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So, well, I think there's many, many, many avenues we could go down talking about SNL, but I think it may be getting time to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. SNL is going to go on forever. I think literally it could just keep going until they decide to stop it, but I don't know why they would. Yeah, I don't know why they would because I, it's it's a format that works. It's an institution that people recognize now. Right? Generations recognize. Generations recognize yep. it, and and you do see these dips and and peaks over the course of that time, but that they can continue to reinvent it, that they continue to use new technology and new media platforms. For the show that they're bringing, like now, like you mentioned earlier, they're bringing in part-time cast members. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. With big star status. Yeah, and that gets viewers and it re-energizes the show. And yeah, it's real smart. Well, and hopefully they'll, you know, Lauren Michaels needs to speed up his his progression. Like, you know, yeah. get with it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> more people of color, more women, and in the writing room as well, because that will be reflected in the show. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's cultural influence and impact is, is hard to overstate. Yes. Um, because it, it has influenced so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Murray alone, <laughs> right? Right. Mike Myers alone, Eddie Murphy alone have revolutionized mm-hmm. things. But then you look at Tina Fey and what she's done with 30 Rock and television. We've barely talked about television. Oh, and the publishing industry. I mean, lots of them write oh, books gosh, and yeah. memoirs. I mean, it's... Uh, the tentacles reach far and wide. and So this is kind of interesting. Uh, there's a really great 538 article. I, I might just link to it in on the on the web page for this for this episode because it's just so interesting. It has so many great facts. But uh, according to that to that article, and this is from 2015, films that have made an aggregate 88.3 billion dollars. And if you if you adjust that to modern day, that's 115 billion dollars. That films with SNL cast members, that's, 
you can't you can't overstate that. That's Disney size. Yeah, that's yeah. Disney Star size. Wars, that's how Marvel's big that is. Crazy. Yeah, and you just don't. It, it wasn't until I started unpacking the SNL episode and trying to think about how to talk about it that I realized how enormous its influence is oh, over yeah. all pop culture in America. Right. And as we wrap up, maybe just uh, let me know if you find that this uh, theory of SNL holds true, that your favorite SNL cast is the one that you watched when you were between the ages of 12 and 15. Hmm. Think about that. One of them. I yeah. would say uh, Chris Farley is one of my favorite, and uh, that I'll was say. when yeah. I was between 12 mm-hmm. and 15 area. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Murphy, yep, that hits yeah. me right about I there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I love Kristen Wiig and I love what they're doing right now with yeah. the right. Trump and Spicer stuff. I love 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 that. That might in five years, who knows what how I'm going to consider that. Yeah. Uh, it's right. really good stuff. Yeah, Andy Samberg is probably one of my very favorite yeah. of all time. Yeah, so. absolutely. And yeah. he's current, but yeah. Well, I think there's something about the taboo nature of watching SNL as a kid, as a kid. Yeah. that really burns itself into your memory. You're True. up late I at agree. night. You're up late at night. Right. It's a little dirty. Not all it's, parents a little, approve. it's a little topical. You don't yeah. know what all the references are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, clearly it's still lovable today. So yeah. that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Well, that was amazing. Hooray for yeah. SNL. Hooray for SNL. Uh, so thanks, Heather and Rusty. Thanks, Thank you, Jeff. That was really interesting. Next time on The Many Rules of Film Club, I think we're going to go completely crazy because we're going crazy for Swayze. Patrick yeah, Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait. Um, I think Heather and I are maybe more excited than Rusty, but we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so that brings us to rule number 1033 of the Mini Rules of Film Club, which is if you're going to be put in a corner, you better make sure Patrick Swayze's there with you. But in the meantime, uh, please make sure to check out the mini rules of film and check us out on iTunes and let us know what you think about what we're doing. Topic suggestions. Make sure to rate us. Rate us, yes, please. please. Click those stars. Leave comments. Yes. Again, That's I was to say, stuff. don't troll us. Constructive criticism is yes, great. Constructive yes, criticism yes. Is Trolls not welcome. Uh, so thanks again for listening to the mini rules of film club, and we'll see you next time. 